Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I say, you're listening to The Glitter Boys. Today, we are taking a look at The Rifter. The Rifter being Palladium's periodical fan magazine. Uh, well, uh, sorry, in-house made magazine of fan content and more that showcases the, the megaverse and all of the extra things you can do with it. The Rifter is, I mean, there's a lot of them. I think 40, 50? I think 88, uh, 86 or 88. Yeah. Excuse me. Take my number and double it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them. They only recently came to a conclusion. Palladium stopped publishing the Rifter for a while. I think last year, the year before, but uh, hopefully they'll bring it back. I think it was just like budgetary concerns. Uh, but the Rifter yeah. started in 1998. I'm sitting here with my first printing of Rifter number one. It's not really a collector's item or anything, but it's a beautiful fucking book here. It opens up with the Kevin Long line walker. Yeah. Classic all blue image. Anyway, this is a, it's, it's like a slim book. It's about as thick as some of their source books that they publish mm-hmm. for the other materials. I would say it's almost as it's, it might be on par with the Ninja Turtles role-playing game. In it's, terms it's actually of bigger. It's 122 pages. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> then 122 pages on the regular of stuff. I, mean, I would say a good, you know, eighth of it's like just advertising pages for other Palladium games. But, but like it says on the cover, your guide to the megaverse, Palladium news, coming attractions, GM player tips, BTS OCCs stands for Beyond the Supernatural OTC. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, Riffs, stuff, <laughs> and more in this first issue from 1998. 23 years ago, my friend. Oh, dear God. We're old. It, its insurance is about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> it can rent a car now. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's just a, a megaverse source book with all the different, and, and this is important. It's, it's it's megaverse source book. This isn't geared on riffs. It's not geared on Robotech. It's not geared on anything else. It's geared to the entire sphere of Palladium. Yeah, it covers the whole thing and then some, uh, which we'll see in a second here. So we open up. We've got uh, credits and whatnot. Yet another piece by Kevin. Is that Kevin Locke? No, that's Johnson. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, that being Scott Johnson. Uh, anyway, we turn finally to the page of contents here. Very simple. You know, it tells you exactly what's being laid out here. And then it uh, closes out with a little bit about the, the cover art. And it talks about uh, what, what you're going to be getting in here, that the vast majority of rules, tables, characters, equipment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are alternate or alternative stuff, inspirational material and fun reading and so on. And then it has some words of what's coming next time. Okay, cool. Very simple, what you might think from a fan or supplemental periodical. Very, very organized, very, very well laid out. And in true Palladium fashion, they immediately skip from that to Ninja Turtles attacking a suit of Samus armor. Before we even get to that, I want to make one note here. and This is going to be a, a statement for the future. 
let's come back to this, this very simple layout in the future, because the Rifter will change. We'll look back over time at how convoluted these two pages are going to get. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, okay. Ninja Turtle attacking a Samus. Some simple, looks like doodled in the middle of science class art, but it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's zany. It's got some Ninja Turtles being silly Has the, the word from the writer, you know, the word from the editor or so a page from Kevin Simbita talking about what it is, the goal of it and Wayne Smith. And I must note that Wayne Smith was editor from beginning to the end of the rifter. I think he still works at Palladium. He might be their only employee other than, Kevin, or maybe Alex. Alex, uh, they immediately move from that into uh, a generator, uh, which can be used for any of them. Kind of a, a lot of inspiration from Eric mm-hmm. Wujic about coming up with names for your characters. And, dear listener, I must note this is our second time recording this episode. The last time we tried was a little, well, you know. 2021 started kind of rough, but it's getting better. Anyway. Yeah, and we were both exhausted. I must note that during that last recording, Matthew, you mentioned that you were the kind of player who comes up with a name first. Yeah. When when I'm dreaming up a character, I do a lot more than try and... I, I never try and min-max stats or do anything like that. I don't really worry about that. I worry about what the name is and who they are inside where what what their goals ideas and ambitions are uh how they see the world like are they are they a selfish person are they are they a kind and giving person are they a fierce or reluctant battler stuff like that before before i pick a class before i start worrying about what they are i'm i'm working on the character and then characters all tied up into the name and i really like that the first the first serious article of of this publication is the name because that that's where I start every time yeah. without fail. My own quick naming advice, it's super quick and simple. If you are having trouble coming up with a name for something, but you want something that sounds kind of fantasy ish, take a modern standard everyday name. Let's take Michael. Shave off a couple letters. Shave off the MI. Congratulations. You now have Chael. And Chael is a fantastic fantasy name that is formed from Michael minus two letters. Yeah. With you take Robert, shave off the R and the T, and you have Ober. Ober is just so much more evocative in your mind because fantasy, woo, magic. But you can just come up with these fantastical names just by shaving letters off of real names. But not yeah. to imply that the names aren't real, but names that you know today. Yeah, like Matthew, I become Thu. Thu. Or M-A-T-T-H-E, Mathe, or something like that. Yeah. I've played a couple Matthiases in the time. You can also add an I-A-S to the diminutive. That works well. Yeah. Anyway, after the naming article, we move on to... K-O-D-T by Jolly R. Blackburn. And this is interesting because these are both companies. Uh, Jolly R. Blackburn is... God, what's, what's the name of the parent company that does all their... Kenzerco. Yeah, Kenzerco. They also have a very wide and varied lineup. Like, they have Hackmaster. They have Aces and Eights. They have 
does Kenzer Coat do Munchkin? No, that's Steve Jackson. Oh, okay, who used right. to do GURPS and now only does Munchkin. Yeah. I mean, they, they both have a lot of, of different things going on. And I'm not sure if these are, because there is such, they're still doing Nights at the Dinner Table. I'm not sure if these are written specially for this. I don't think so. I don't. Do we, do you know I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if huh. these were custom made. They they seem to be focusing on something called Grunge Warriors, which is their fictional yeah. uh, after stumbling One across of a many. copy of Gary Jackson's Grunge Warriors. Grunge <laughs> Warriors sounds a lot like riffs. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, the character here that they're making fun of sounds a lot like your character, Math. You with his explosive tendencies. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. There. So Abel's never been given nukes. I don't think he would be that hardcore with them. But no, no, no. I, I must note uh, I see something I'm over not going your full lister. Over your shoulder there, Matthew. Something that, Oh yeah, that yeah, yeah. That that would be my my stack of knights of the dinner table. <laughs> There's about seventy of them, and I'm nowhere near that's nowhere near a complete set, but I do have some some good ones like the uh, the Bag Wars saga, very important, where they uh, fight in a bag of holding, <laughs> uh, and and the world within. I mean, there's there's some there's there's some good stuff there. All I remember truly as like a memorable moment from Nice at the Dinner Table was I forget its name, but I want to call it the Rabbit No, the Doomsday Pack. When oh, yes. When what's her name bought a hundred untrained pit bulls, mm-hmm. <laughs> just sick them. <laughs> anyway, um, a, a quick note of nights on the of the dinner table. It is it is a very stereotypical take on what gaming is. It's it it is it's very nineties, and it's it's never changed from that. They, they've they've never really evolved as people or characters over the time. However, we've all played in enough games, I imagine, and it's still funny as hell. And there's going to be a few more of these. Knights of the Dinner Table graces the first dozen or so issues of Rifter. So we'll be checking back in with these characters. But anyway, following that, we have the standard news info, coming attractions, pages upon pages of things that are coming. Uh, They talk about what? Pimping the stuff. Yeah, they talk about what's coming up. They talk about books. Many of these books we look at and we're like, oh, I remember when that came out. And of course, we look at some of the other things and are like, that's Mechanoid Space, huh? <laughs> When's that coming out? <laughs> Kevin, coming soon, I see. Hmm? I, 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 like, uh, <laughs> I like some of the dated material in here, like riffs, trademark, computer and electronic games, question mark. <laughs> It could be. <laughs> I just like the term electronic games. Yeah. By that point in 1998, I had been playing computer RPGs for half a decade. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's, you know, it's the standard. What's coming There's up some next? things that have been canceled that actually, I believe, came out. Didn't Lemuria come out in a different... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lemuria. Rifts. Lemuria is mentioned here as being canceled, but I have that on my shelf as one yeah. of the more recent of the world books. I want to say 32 or something like that. Uh, but yeah, we talk a lot about what's coming up. Scrapers, Warlords of Russia, Magic of Russia, all of this stuff came out. And there's a few pages of the publishing schedule of their various um, 
of their various properties. There's Rifts Books, there's Palladium Fantasy, there's Heroes Unlimited. Scrapers is cool. The Warlords of Russia, Magic of Russia, and City Creation Rules, which is, this is not a book that's coming out. This is the the next section. Next section, yeah. It's it's a it's a city designer advice. And Rifts Palladium in general, Palladium has always had this built-in system that they keep coming back to, which is like an A through Z way of building things. Usually it's organizations or mm-hmm. townships or traveling shows or mercenary groups or whatnot. And this is them taking that system and applying it to building a city. In rifts. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you you think of like military base or, you know, a major metropolis, but they also have things like small town or liberal arts college. <laughs> and I would like to I would like to see how liberal arts college survived the time of the rifts and, and what became of them afterwards. Perhaps if now, we start to get a lot of fans and maybe one day if we put together some kind of bonus like Patreon or something... I really think that we should go through and create, record ourselves creating a liberal arts college. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I cast underwater basket weaving. GBU, Glitter Boys University, the liberal <laughs> arts college of Tolkien. <laughs> they go into some real world stuff, though. Attitude towards outsiders. Uh, are they racist? What their technology level is? What they think about psychs, uh, psychers, what their military is like. Laws, businesses, power, wealth, yeah. criminal activity. It gets pretty in-depth. Yeah. It, and a lot of places kind of skip over that or it's just yeah. assumed. But I, I like that they include, you know, are they freaking fascist? You know, I so. am a huge fan of random generation systems. And honestly, I really, really just want to take these and turn them, put them into my, I wrote a program for randomly generating a lot of things for the the D&D-esque pickup games that I run, Mm. I would love to find some time to just pop these things into a generator program so I could randomly generate a Rift's Town, preferably liberal arts college. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one in the New Roman Republic, which is the next article, which takes a bit of the Wolfen Empire from the Palladium fantasy setting and turns it into a a Roman world and rifts Earth. And you know what? I think that's pretty cool because it kind of might help to explain why the Wolfen in the fantasy setting have such a Roman inspiration. Perhaps some of them came through a rift or vice versa and learned a bit about ancient Rome. Kind of cool in my opinion. I, I mean, like you know three quarters of the picture in there. The legionary inspired dog soldier, right up until you get to the 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 open faced helm with uh, the panda ears. <laughs> that's, that's just awful. I mean, okay, rifts is rule of cool. You know, like a lot of the stuff in rifts doesn't make physical sense. <laughs> And he don't need to expect it to. There is no way a dog would let you cover its ears like that. It just wouldn't happen. Okay. Sure. They used they used their, uh, it looks like they used their city builder on this. Uh, it goes into uh, what they think about other, other areas. There's some stuff on ranks, major cities, the provinces, 
states that are trying to petition to come in. It's it's, it's actually a very yeah. well thought out area. And that's an interesting thing about the rift setting, especially on Earth, is that any any place can be ported into it and anything can happen in that place. Anything if you think can Rome, happen. you don't think the dogmen have taken over. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the deal though. If you're a furry, this is all for you, my friend. This is oh, all yeah. for you. Furries and rifts, go for it. And olive oil. And we got some character classes for you that may or may not require olive oil. There's the Republican Legionnaire. There's uh, some extra body armor and stuff. They got a wolf robot. Wolf robot, dude. Sicilian Republic, another character class, which is the Mafia Enforcer. Who doesn't want to play the Mafia Enforcer with a Vibro Garot? Yeah. This is some good stuff. Followed by... More rift stuff, but this time this looks like some stuff for Phase World. Uh, looks like they got some like a special order of knights who, you know, truth, justice, the American. I'm sorry, the Camnos way, and they've got <laughs> some special weapons. You know, knights. They're they're angry at trolls and angry trolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we got rifts uh, story. So okay, also rifts. The Rifter, number one, is the first appearance of a periodical novel developed in The Rifter called Hammer of the Forge, a phase world novel, which now is a novel. They took all the stuff, but the first, the first here in The Rifter, and it's not bad. If you want something that's epic and intergalactic and spans times and starts in the year Earth of 1967, but goes into the greater galaxy and deals with the cosmic forge and Cosmo Knights and all of that crazy shit that Phase World does, you should check this out. I love the periodical novel, uh, the, the serialized mm-hmm. novel. They're, they used to do it. Now they just do shorts, but they used to do it in, in uh, the Warhammer magazines as well. They used to do it. Yeah. And they used to do it in all the old pulps. And it's just, it's something I really like, you know, here's a chapter, here's a, here's an overview and a short, but I I also like a long running story. It's good because we get another one coming right next, which is a Tolkien story. And if I remember correctly, that one is carried forward. Yep. To be continued. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few dozen, about a dozen pages of something happening in the Tolkien War, which around that time was fresh. The siege yeah. against Tolkien. Yeah. But then we go into Heroes Unlimited, new powers. And I may be mistaken, but I think most of these powers later made it into official publication for Heroes Unlimited. I have the base book. I don't have the second a edition of Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. There was a second edition, but there was also Villains Unlimited and Aliens mm. Unlimited and then Powers Unlimited. Anyway, some of these are cool. I mean, you know, a bunch of alter physical structure and some tentacles. And yeah, who doesn't like tentacles, man? Right. <laughs> and then, then New Nightbane stuff. Now, I want to save the deeper dive into Nightbane for later because I got a lot to say about Nightbane. But I'm yeah, just going to say that page 84 to 108, there's 24 pages here of Nightbane goodness. And they include Morphous Tables, which are, if you're a Nightbane fan, Morphous Tables are your crack. 
Like, yeah. when it comes to making a Nightbane character, these random roll tables create some crazy fucking shit. And these, these are some out there Morphous tables. So much that this book alone, if you're a Nightbane player, it's worth it. Just, just look at the crazy shit in here. But then it also gives a new faction, new character classes, new races, new, just, this is a Nightbane love fest right here. If we ever get a Night Bane game going over on Breakfast Puppies, I have dibs on the otter. Well, you mean Lotters? They are not afraid. Lotter is not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the otter. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. if you want to play an otter, that's totally fine, man. <laughs> I, I I will be the 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 happiest creature in Night Bane. They also have an adventure. Uh, hook, line, and sinker. That goes on for quite a while, actually. Yeah. And then it's got some blurb for Nightbane to kind of buy the books. And then it looks like we're moving over to uh, some new classes for Beyond the Supernatural. Yeah, Beyond the Supernatural. There's the Bard player character class, the Cursed Psychic, the Priest. I'm glad we don't have a Bard. <laughs> uh, the Pseudo Psychic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Transcendence is a bunch of, of different ones. Uh, some stuff about the Rifter subscription. What I love about this Beyond the Supernatural stuff is I'm not a player of Beyond the Supernatural, but I do like Dead Rain and I do like Nightbane, and a lot of the Beyond the Supernatural character classes are interchangeable. But what I love the most about this section of Beyond the Supernatural stuff is all the art is done by my personal favorite, Lady Martist, Ramon Perez. His art defines my view of Rifts, specifically because I'm a fan of Rifts New West, which mm-hmm. he illustrated. You know, for me, it's always it's always been Kevin Long, but his, his work is really good, too. I love Kevin Long, but if mm-hmm. I want Rifts, I want Ramon Perez. He just... Yeah. So anyway, that's it. That's Rifter number one. That's our look at what the Rifter is and our dive into what you're getting from this first issue in the, you know, the far future date of 1998. What do you think, Matthew? <laughs> There's a lot of things I like about this. They they take the time and don't try and hit everything in their initial release. There's properties that they had their hands in there that they, they didn't use. Oh, they didn't even touch upon their granddaddy. No fantasy stuff. I also like the the checklists that they put in. I am an avid collector, and when I get into a collection, I need I want a checklist. And in fact, I realized that I don't have Robotech New World Order, and I need that. <laughs> so if anyone wants to send it to whatever address is on. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think the Rifter is a great property, and I'm actually looking forward to going through these. Yeah. For an inaugural issue, Rifter number one, 1998. This is a solid value. Yeah. Yeah. Knocked it out of the park. And honestly, I, you know, we can talk about buying used now because they're not producing them at the moment. I think the price is about the same. The Rifters go up and down in prices. And by issue. Yeah. Yeah. If you search eBay, you're going to find pretty much anything. I understand if our fellow player Buckley is correct that there are a handful out there that are ridiculously hard to find due to some combination of publication dates and whatever, but I I don't know the full details on that. All I know is that since uh, 
since this time last year, my Rifter collection has grown from two to about 40. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's not that big. I only have about six of these things, but I mean, I, I, I like them. It's as far as a, a trade, a trade magazine. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's about the same quality as their book. Oh yeah. But as far as a trade periodical goes, this is one of the best. Uh, especially since unlike white dwarf it, it stays relevant because the rules don't go through these drastic changes every two to three uh, years God. you know you can still pull rifter number one off your shelf and bring and use it game yeah yeah i love it yeah anyway so that was the rifter uh we hope you like this we we'd like to do a lot more of them and you know go through them as has been mentioned a couple of times there's not really a good organizational thing on where everything is. So if you're looking for someone or something or an area, well, we might list it for you. So keep listening. Yeah. Keep on listening on, man. (laughs) I got nothing. Okay. (laughs) Trying to come up with something wise to say. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.